You are listening to Recovery Matters. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Pedro and I am in recovery. Let's open this discussion with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. For the sake of anonymity and keeping our respective traditions, we are not going to discuss affiliation with 12-step programs by name or offer our full names at all during this broadcast. What we will do is offer you insight into the practical application of principles that helped us to arrive at the realization that the spiritual life was the key to the freedom from the bondage of self. We may often quote literature that is connected to recovery programs of which we make no claims of membership or affiliation in any way. This group's primary purpose is to carry the message to anybody that still suffers. There is an easier, softer way, and it begins here, today. I have a topic for tonight, and it's something that is on my mind pretty much constantly, and it, it would it would be fall within the 11th step, and specifically I'd like to talk about improving conscious contact with God as we understand Him. Um, I think that covers a lot of ground because there's always room for improvement, um, especially in my own life. Uh, as, as much as I think I've made progress and, and that I'm doing things right, I can always, I can always see the benefit of action when it comes to, to doing that, to, to, you know, specifically trying to improve that conscious contact. And also the, the footprint would include God as we understand and focusing on the as we understand in part, because there's such a wide range of you know alcoholics and addicts that um, have every everything from little or no belief in God to the the very religious um, and I, I think that there's room room for everybody in there for sure and I know that my own my own belief system vacillates sometimes between feeling like I'm very well connected to almost, no connection at all, um, depending on what day it is, you know, and, and how that conscious contact, you know, the maintenance of my spiritual condition. So what I'd like to, what I'd like to hear from you guys tonight is, uh, is maybe some specific practices, um, as to how you, how you try to improve that conscious contact. And maybe if you wanted to touch on the as you understand in part if that's whether it be consistent or whether it be ever evolving uh, maybe you could talk about that as well my name is kevin i'm an alcoholic and if and if doug's a spiritual redneck i'm an orthodox heathen but anyways (laughs) um, anyways um i when it comes to spirituality i i still believe the the most important words in the big book are slow, slow, pause when agitated or doubtful, you know, and that, that just slowing down is the most important part about any type of conscious contact with a, with a higher power. I remember when I first came in the program, I, you know, just sitting in a chair for five minutes was a human, humongous task. 
I could not, you know, my brain was running 100 miles an hour. I couldn't sit in a chair for five minutes. So I had to go and just learn how to slow down enough to sit down long enough with myself and be in my own skin for a while and quiet all that mind chatter. Cause like when, when my mind's screaming, nothing can come in. And, and that's the conscious contact you you really have to almost like you have to kind of remove your your mouth has to stop in order to be able to hear something from a higher power you know and that's you know even your own conscience you can't even hear your own conscience if you're you're busy justifying everything you do anyway so for and I'll let anybody else go for I have a, a lot of practices I use and and I'll let somebody else go first and get back to that later uh, I guess I'm up I'm Don I'm a great flow alcoholic you know I, I have come to terms with something which has at times been a struggle but today I'm um, pretty much at peace with it I do not have a God of my understanding um, I, I say I have a God that I lack understanding of um, <laughs> and you know and it, it is a continuous growth and I, I the biggest thing for me is to re- remain open-minded for it um, and I, I fully agree, too, with the slowing down. I can remember years and years ago, I, uh, my first sponsor he said, you know, you need to learn how to breathe. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting upright. I'm not turning blue. I think I know what I'm doing. And he said, no, you need to learn how to breathe. And you need to learn how to be mindful. And you need to learn how to sit quietly and with your thoughts and see what they are. Because I, I was, too, the, everything was just a whirlwind. And I came in here, too, desperate. And I had nowhere else to turn, so... And I had no upbringing, no religion, no idea of God, so I immediately took yours. And I played a lot of lip service as to what I thought you wanted me to say and as to what you thought I should believe was what I was trying to believe in. And over a period of time, I'm just I'm learning to slow down, breathe, and allow my, my ideas and my belief to grow through my experience and just try to slow down and actually be aware of what they are. And I'll end with that for now. Yeah, I'm Pedro. I'm an addict and an alcoholic. So I guess I'll go the same route Kevin did because the practice piece is big and I want to just kind of get everybody going, you know. So I'll say these few things to start it out, okay, that somebody told me recently, we don't force this. We just do our part. We learn to do our part. And that's, that's what the practice is about. My awakening and my conscious contact comes and goes in waves. And I just do the practice anyway each day. Sometimes it's more effective than others. And then when it comes to me, I make use of it. You know, it tells me what the next move is. It tells me what I'm supposed to be doing. And when it's not as strong, I beg for mercy usually. And then I would say this, that Abraham said about the knowledge and conversation of the Holy Guardian Angel, right? Is that yet you, you say over and over again, many times in this one year period, this one year practice that you do to call the angel, you say, angel mind, angel draw thee nigh. And, and he says, you have to do it with all the fervor and feeling of a dying man. You have to do it until there's tears in your eyes or it won't work. And with that, I'll share the first bit about practice. Okay. The Jesus prayer It's very simple but it's considered an advanced technique. You have to be trained by someone who has been taught the the method or they say it won't work. And the prayer is really simple. It's just Yahweh, son of God, 
have mercy on me, a sinner. That's it. Two lines. Say it three times in the morning, three times in the afternoon, and three times at night. But also think it when you're breathing. When breathing in, Yahweh, Son of God, breathing out, have mercy on me, a sinner. And when I think sun, I think of my own sun, but I also think of the sun in the sky, right, above me. And that sun that connects to a beacon of light that's just above me, that connects to a green shaded light in my heart. Yahweh, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, right? And I say that with the same fervor of a dying man until there's tears in my eyes. And the monks would say when they taught this prayer that you have to say it three ways, right? You say it with your mind and you say it with your lips and you say it with the beating of your heart. And that's what is meant by by the emotion, right? The flooding in of, of the heart feeling of being filled with this God having mercy on you. And I would, I would say that that's a pretty effective practice to connect and one where you don't have to remember. And I would also say that Doug is only calling himself a spiritual redneck because me and Kevin read a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I feel, I feel much better for that. I learn a lot when I'm when I'm with you guys when I'm spending time with you. So that's, I mean, it means a lot to me because the the practice is important, and I admire, you know, the the way that you just explain that, and and the way that Kevin verbalizes things. I mean, it it makes so much more sense to me. That's one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up because I know, I know that that it there's always improvement. Kim, how about you? Yeah, so I'm Kimberly. I'm an alcoholic and addict, and um, yeah, this is a great conversation, you you guys. Uh, this has really got me thinking a lot. I I don't know, you know. I think the I, I love the whole idea of this being a, a process, and really that those first few words in the eleventh step really sort of shows this is kind of like ongoing. It's like awakening. It's like the continuation of awakening. And, you know, for me, it's so funny because it's just really interesting for me to be on the call with Kevin and Pedro because the, you know, uh, Pedro's, uh, you know, father and parents and family there, they really instructed me uh, very well. And I think I was just four years sober, five years sober when I started meeting with them and um, getting me into different spiritual books. And uh, I was already kind of somewhat a seeker, seeker, but that was really helpful. So I think seeking is part of the continuing to improve. There's always having that seeker's heart, which I don't often, you know, sometimes I get stuck, you know, because my job requires me to, you know, be in a certain place in some ways. And I get stuck in the, I get stuck in the intellectualizing or in the figuring out or in how am I going to disseminate this information and to other people and, you know, all of that. And, um, and it can be so easy to lose the seeking for the sake of seeking. So, yeah, I think seeking is really big for me. And another thing that um, I was so glad that, wow, the Jesus prayer, I haven't thought about that in a long time. I had an Orthodox, um, not Russian Orthodox, Greek Orthodox uh, priest teach me about the Jesus prayer. And we were in our chaplaincy training together. And um, he, that was a pretty, it's a neat thing because it's so simple and it's and it's so profound. And uh, when, um, and that's the thing, right, is that, uh, whatever it is that I've done, like I, 
it's my first thing is to want to complicate it to pieces. You know, I'm sitting here looking at a book by Pema Chodron on welcoming the unwelcome, and and I've got all these. I've got lots of books about about all of this stuff, and it doesn't. You know, it's really good to read all that, but I have to read it with a with curiosity. You know, I need that curiosity. You know, that sort of distance that like I don't know this information already. You know. I've read all the books, but I don't know, like, I don't have it fully in my experience just because I've, you know, been studying, like, spirituality and religion for years and years and, and do it professionally, you know, like, like, I don't, I don't, the minute I think, whatever it is, the minute I think I've got it, I'm really, you know, I'll, I'm sorry, I won't, I, I'll try to watch my language, I'm screwed, and um, <laughs> so, you know, I've got to be gotta be uh yeah but i think that's it you know i think it's this the seeker that seeker heart and curiosity is um is where that improving you know that conscious contact comes from so uh, yeah well I, I love what i heard about the the seeking and the simplicity i mean the two go so well together you know as far as the improvement of the conscious contact if i can if i can continue to want it and seek for it and then remember to keep it simple because quite often I think a lot of people, myself included, have the uh, the knack for trying to think that there's some complex, better way to do things than than the simplest, you know, and that the Jesus prayer was, was a great one. And I mean, a lot of days I keep it re- even more simple than that, you know, just God help me. And uh, it, it is good. Was somebody else gonna jump in there? I yeah, was just I was going to say, it's okay to curse if you want. I think we lost the young audience when we were talking about shooting dope in the other episode. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So I, you, know, you know, if you put holy in front of a word, it sanctifies that word. So it's... <laughs> just, so are you thinking holy fuck? Yeah. Yeah. And fuck, fuck is a prayer. So that's a, that's a prayer word. That, um, yeah. So... <laughs> Definitely we prayer. can edit stuff too, Kim. Okay, well, there you go. It's real bad. Yeah, I, I, um, I like like what you said about you know keeping it simple, but also there's there's the concept that I can stand on my tippy toes as much as I want, but I'm not going to be able to reach God. You know, He comes down to me and He finds me where I'm at. And so I don't have to have any type of special training or anything like that to open up myself and just start looking for for a higher power. You know, I don't I don't have to even know the direction. The direction will be given to me if I really have some type of belief that. And I I just started looking out into my life and and seeing little things, little coincidences in my life that you know things started adding up. Like for when I first started drinking. I'd walk out the door and I'd want a drink and I'm on my way to go buy some beer and I'd run into somebody from AA. That was my first, you know, conscious contact with a higher power, you know, because it actually, it, it, he came down and helped me, you know, it's, I couldn't rise up to him. And that, that's kind of, as long as I keep myself open to something and not think that I understand it, because like once I think I understand something, I'm in a different room. You know, I'm not even in the same room anymore. And when when seeking is actually, you, you have to look for. But if you've already found it, 
you're not going to be seeking, you know, and that's, that's an important distinction that it's good that I stay in a state of not understanding and, and wanting to learn more and, and to find out something different. Amen. You know, there was a guy that, um, in my, what is to this day, my home group, uh, when I first started going down there in the first year or so of sobriety, there was a, an older gentleman that used to smoke on a big cigar and, and he was so eloquent in so many ways and you know I was I was just getting just getting used to hearing messages in AA and uh, everybody was always emphasizing the importance of working the steps in order and and this guy's name was Jack he he made a point of when we would talk about the 11th step and he would say that that it's the one step that you don't have to work in order that there's no reason that the greenest newest person that wants to get sober and stay sober there's no reason that they can't begin working that 11th step immediately um, right along with the first step and the you know obviously the way he put it um, it just had such weight and uh, I'll never forget that message and and I've carried it with me a long time after that and I bring him up all the time he recently just passed away and and I've tried to carry that on um, and the people that I've interacted with, you know, as far as just how important it is that you don't have to have everything else in, in your spiritual house doesn't have to be in order, so to speak. And you don't have to have 10 other steps completely ironed out before you start really focusing on that because it can be, it can be so helpful. Well, the way that Gurdjieff kind of put it <clears throat> is that we've all been doing the 11 steps since birth, but none of us are doing a very good job at it. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. Yeah. You know, and the, the funny thing is about, you you mentioned old Jack, he was instructed by uh, the, the father at the church there. Um, that was how he was to start his day with the 11th step and then drop down to the third because that brought him back in the moment, um, put him in a space where he could actually do the prayer and that's how that's also how i was taught too um not by him but by listening to him um you know you need to be in the moment if i'm going to do anything and, and the big thing for me today is is trying to start each day anew you know and i need to start and you know i uh when it comes down to it i've probably I, i've forgotten more than i'll ever remember um, you know, I used to read all the books and I used to read everything and I used to, to seek that um, knowledge, but for the wrong reason. I, I, I thought it was going to give me power. And today, boy, I just I am just trying to be in the moment um, and go from there. Try to be as still as I can in the mind, be in the moment, be in reality and see where, where I'm led. But it, it's just kind of funny that, you know, I was brought into this this program before I even knew what step one was, I was sitting down and and somebody's dad was telling me, you're going to meditate for a half an hour. We're setting a timer. And that, that's how I was brought into this, you know, and it was kind of like, whoa, I was a whirlwind. And you know what? I think that's probably, that may have been the only way that I could have done it was to slow down at first. And something I still learn today is just try to, how to slow down. First actual meditation was just put, saying the serenity prayer a hundred times to stop my brain. You know, and there's there's something to be said about the affirmation of that type of stuff too. That that it does sink in just saying the same words. And I use one one phrase. I use Jesus heal me, I forgive. And because I'm always in a in a state of mind where I need to forgive. You know, because like I always get 
little resentments building up all the time and, and things like that. So if I just continually say in my mind, Jesus, heal me, I forgive. Jesus, heal me, I forgive. I, under, I, I you know, it has a affirmation effect to it also. And, and just like, for instance, when we open up meetings, we open up the meetings with the serenity prayer and we close with the Lord's prayer. The serenity prayer, once it's said, it's like all of a sudden the entire room changes. It's like the whole, everybody kind of gets relaxed. They get comfortable. They're, you know, it kind of clears the whole air of the entire room so that there's space that a meeting can take place of, of a different level. You know, it's not just people talking, but there's there's the structure of those that um, of an AA meeting with a prayer at the beginning and a prayer at the end. You know, that kind of structure really, really clears the space for people to be able to talk in in a in a higher level. You know, I, I talked earlier about getting. I try to get up on my tippy toes to reach God. You know, I have to. I try to get myself prepared to move to a higher level. That means clearing me, the wreckage of me, out of there, because that—that's what I—that's what the Father Martin BB in a shoebox in my brain. You know, that makes a lot of noise, but it really doesn't accomplish much. You know, that's no truer words have ever been been uttered. You know, that's what an alcoholic's brain's like. Just, just. The gerbil on the wheel. No kidding. You know, when I talk about seeking, I mean, um, I'm thinking in terms of humility, you know, and, and that, like, <laughs> just I love, golly, Kevin, I loved that metaphor of, like, reaching up for God and, like, but God coming, like, God comes with us, you know, that's what, in, in my religious tradition and in Judaism, the word Emmanuel means God with us, and so this idea that, uh, for me, that it's more, it, it has more to do with, you know, what I need to let go with and what I need to put in my head, you know, what is it that I need to let go of? That, I, golly, you know, my sponsor, Mary Jane, way back a million years ago, and would tell me, like, just, you know, just repeat the I forget, you know, like, I would say, I'd be like, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. It was like really ugh, super scary. But um, just like repeating that, you know, I had to repeat that because as like, like a mantra, you know. I don't know. I don't. And you know, what's really interesting is I don't have to do it like that so much anymore on occasion, you know, but most of the time it's not, it's like a, this, I get the sense like, oh, you know, we're all just human beings. And I think that's, that's part of it. The practice for me is um, how I interact with other people. You know, how is it, you know, it's one thing for me to be by myself in my office or in my, I do, I do martial arts and I do Qigong and in the dojo or the Kuhn or, you know, whatever. But it's like so different when I'm like out there in the world interacting with people. You know, that's where I think that the, um, that conscious contact, I think it, for me, it really comes, really happens there. And uh, when I see everybody as, you know, the face of love or, you know, my higher power or whatever. Just it really happens with those relationships with people, yeah, like especially just, those those that I'm mad at. Yeah. <laughs> by, by just bringing the word God into a room, like you change the whole dynamics of it. It's no longer just you and the person you're irritated with. It's you with the person you're irritated with and God in the same room instead. You know. So if you're saying God, help me to forgive, and it anybody can be a Jesus up on top of a mountain. Like it's it's out in the grocery store, or driving your car and stuff like that. That's where where 
we need to be practiced. It's easy to do it up on a mountain. It's not real. You know, we have to, we have to do this with the people that we're around. You know, and even the especially with the people we don't like. Mm-hmm. With your friends too. Oh yeah. But God, unless it's followed by damn it, you know, when you say God and then damn it afterwards, like that can tend to like people like, what do you mean? You know, that you, then you get into a fist fight and then someone has a bloody nose or someone goes to the hospital. I mean, it's, it can be really bad. That's a different kind of spiritual practice altogether. I love the idea of what was touched on about helping others. You know, if you, that's obviously the thing that that is foolproof and it's the one thing for me that no matter what I'm going through no matter how irritated I can be with other people if I put my mind and my my spirit into a place of service I mean it I've I've said some things that I have no idea where that wisdom came from because I don't consider myself that smart for sure but it has to be divinely inspired just out of the simple desire to maybe help somebody else it's it's so strange it's it's you know like an out-of-body experience and and i've noticed it on a few different occasions where if i'm number one i stop thinking about myself and, and number two start thinking about what i could bring to to this conversation or, or whatever that i'm having with somebody else if i put it on the plane of of trying to help someone and uh I mean, it's a it's a spiritual experience. It's amazing some of the some of the thoughts and some of the words that come out that I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm going to say until it's coming out of my mouth. But I, I'm sure that it's uh, divine. That it's not it's not for me. Uh, that usually happens to me, and then arrogance follows, and I fall right down from that state. Yeah. If you if you brag about your humility, you just lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So I said it the other day, how humble would it be for me to sit here and tell you how humble I am? That's right. <laughs> I'm the That's best right. at being humble. Oh, I'm the best at it. I'm really no, good you're at being not. humble. You have, you have no idea. Yeah. I'm the best so at being judge, judgmental. <laughs> I'm they pretty good funny, at that too. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard that funny story in I've heard it in NA meetings. I don't know if it makes it to AA, but they um, they say they gave a guy a, a humility pin because he was so humble and he wore it one day, so they took it back. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets all the best stuff. <laughs> they do, they do. They got the good snacks, too. I, uh, I also like what was, or I think, I forget, I wrote this down, that uh, somebody must have, talked about incorporating breathing into the into the spiritual practice and, and improving conscious contact and and I know that you know it's one thing to get up in the morning and say a prayer or to you know have an evening meditation or something like that but if I if there's a way for me to be able to tie um, the 11th step to be able to get like a a, a, a time release dose of it throughout the day such as like tying it into my breathing you know what i mean these mantras that i can i can repeat i i uh one of the ones i've been using lately is just you know breathing in god and breathing out disruption disruption of the spirit it, it just helps because even when i don't think i need it i still need it and it helps to keep me on a on a better plane so i would share two things the first one is like working with impressions, right? And it, it's 
it's very simple. So hopefully you can take this with you. So when you're breathing in, you know that you're breathing in. And when you're breathing out, know that you're breathing out. And try to see as when you're doing that practice, try to see as much of the interior world of yourself, like does your does your knee hurt? What happened? What's going on in your body? And then you know, when you're breathing all the way in, is your is your rib cage expanding, right? Are you standing more up straight, becoming filled with air? So you're actually really lighter, right? And and you're becoming lighter or whatever. And notice that everything around you that's happening as much as you can while you still know that you're breathing in and breathing out. And in your first instinct to follow something out, try not to. Like, you know, somebody says waves at you. Don't do it. Don't wave back without thinking about it. Wait that extra second to choose to make an active choice to wave instead of let it happen or whatever it is, right? Sometimes it's just adjusting your leg to the right. Like, oh, this sitting position isn't comfortable and you want to automatically move your leg. But instead, you're still breathing and you're still noticing everything around you. And you choose a few seconds after that notion to move your leg to do it consciously. And you'll notice that the impressions that you're still receiving in that moment become lighter and richer. And it usually brings a smile to your face. That's like the beginning of that throughout the day practice and i think it'll give you that feeling you're talking about of floating above yourself and having this experience of a divine presence working through you i think i think you'll be able to call on that feeling with that practice throughout the day and then the second thing i'll share is like so christopher fremantle i was reading a book on attention by him and he starts out the book talking about these simple practices, just doing one, just practice on attention. The one I just showed you, you know, that's what he's telling his people. And then Gurdjieff writes him a letter and he says, I think you have a good idea, but it's best to work in three or four directions at the same time if you hope to achieve anything. And with that being said, I'll, I'll share a little bit about what a practice looks like, like as far as, as far as I was shown. Okay. So I try to sit for 20 minutes meditation sitting meditation it could be in the morning or in the evening whatever then hatha and raja yoga or qigong daily if possible and then those breathing techniques all throughout the day and for the same two years that i called the angel for the knowledge and conversation of the holy guardian angel i practiced kundalini yoga and kundalini awakening techniques which whatever you want to do if you want to do qigong for that or you want to do hatha yoga and mantras for the chakras and then anytime there's a ceremony anytime you're doing practicing if you're going to preach if you're going to do any kind of ceremonial magic or whatever then you would use the kundalini awakening once you're very practiced at it before any kind of ceremony like that and that's kind of like what you know what the people taught me the people who know who it was passed down to, whatever. And that that's what a practice would look like. And it would it would contain all of those things. And on top of that, I'm fair I try to be fairly conscious of what I put in my body. You know, like don't do drugs, don't drink, that's the simple shit. Eat healthy, don't smoke cigarettes, you know the rest. And I try to do high intensity workouts to improve cardiovascular because breath work, I mean, the better you can breathe, the better your breath work works, right? And that's so that's a snapshot of what it looks like. And I'm not perfect at it. That's my that's what I work toward, you know, and but it's a good thing to know. It's a good thing to have on the table if you're going to start with breath work. So there it is. I, I try to just remember I have toes. <laughs> Most of the time I don't. 
Your know? sounds a lot easier than what Pedro just did. <laughs> Most of the time, I don't even remember that I, unless somebody tells me, think of your toes, I don't even remember I have toes most of the time. Most of my day, I walk through my life, I don't even realize I have feet underneath me. I don't realize I have legs. I don't realize I have arms. I don't realize any of that type of stuff. And to get in contact with actually being in your body instead of just, you know, in just in my head alone is a day-long process. Just just that alone is is something that can take up 24 hours of your attention, just being in your own body, you know, and paying attention to what's going on. You know, I didn't mean to be snide there, Chris. <laughs> I mean, I've been working at this stuff for years, and I didn't realize I had toes until you just said that. <laughs> you know that's really interesting because I think that um, you know I've done you know a lot of that um, mind body stuff um, for work and um, and I was trained in a whole like three year trauma program on mind and body stuff and being body awareness and how the listening to your body and the body keeps a score and all that all that stuff which is great really important but it's one thing to like have had all that and then when I when it comes to my own practice it's really intimate like it's really um, like like uh, personal and discomfort comes up and I can't force myself you know I used to force myself to do all that stuff and now I just notice like you know it's part of my it's honestly it's part of my spiritual whatever um, practice or whatever you want to call it that that you know like taking that breath and I really like that Pedro what you said about the you know, just a, even just wait a second you know and just to wait a second before I come just see if I can stay curious for just a moment um, and watch that watch that need to raise my hand or that that need to you know shift in my chair and and uh, just for a moment you know I don't have to like get it all you know but um just for a moment and that really makes a big difference for me you know and like the toes man i mean like <laughs> like i have toes that are connected to the rest thank god first of all can we just say thank god that you know our our body parts don't you know you can't actually take them off because i would lose i'd lose them <laughs> my head wasn't attached but you know that's like the grounding piece of me when I and I'm standing on them all day long to not recognize that I've been recognizing that part of me a little more and be like oh I have toes oh there they are and just watch them for a moment you know in my mind yeah it's just like really so easy it's so like when I got sober I was 16 and um and I like I went straight into eating disorder because it was just really, you know, and I had it before, but like went straight into this, like, don't be in your body, you know, and straight into like also service work and straight into action and straight into making them, you know, not straight into making amends, but like I had to, I had to escape. It was like, I used the steps to escape my body. <laughs> and, um, and in some places that was encouraged and other places they were like, Kimberly, what are you doing? You're killing yourself. And uh, that's not the point in the steps. And so I had to really work a lot, you know, especially the last 20 years, 15 years on, um, on kind of coming back and being like, it's okay to have a body like this is, and it's okay. Like your body doesn't have to be separate from the rest of you. And you know, it can be a place where I can experience God even, you know, even just in recognizing that I have a pinky toe for crying out loud. That's just this precious little part of me, you know? <laughs> so, 
Anyway, you all have a, you know, we're lucky if we do have, you know, uh, knowing people that have had their toes taken off, like, like, oh, I have a pinky, th- I, I have my pinky toe. Absolutely. You guys just talked me into realizing toes, and now I've got different names for them all, and one of them's detachable. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that reminds me of a, uh, like a song back in the early 90s, not a detachable <laughs> other body part, but we won't. Oh, <laughs> I remember that song. Yeah, remember that song? Yeah, it's crazy. I, I've actually been practicing some of what Pedro was talking about as as I sit here, you know, being a part of being a part of this podcast, and and it is remarkable, you know, just to to have the awareness is is a great place to start and to and to pause. I mean, that was one of the first things that was said tonight was about slowing down. And it ties perfectly together with the awareness and, and pausing and recognizing, you know, what's going on before you act on it. And and it doesn't have to be more than even a half of a second to to recognize it. It's, it's not like it's going to, you know, screw up your schedule for the day. If you take that extra moment in between, it's, it's remarkable. And I've been doing it just as we've been doing this for the last 15 minutes. And it's... It's very helpful. I would say, too. I was just going to add that there's more of our life is lived below the level of consciousness than than we're actually conscious of. And I guess to increase our conscious contact with a higher power, we have to also increase our consciousness. So we have to actually be able to, to, to be able to receive more of what's going on in our world. And the only way to do that is to actually slow us slow down your and and get to a place where you where you can clear a space inside mm-hmm. for that to happen i was just going to say too that if this is if you know if this is what you're seeking is this um this conscious contact or you want to improve your practice i think a good base place to start is with a discipline that teaches you to feel energy and move energy around. I think that, that the Qigong is good. And I think that Reiki is probably the simplest one that's the most accessible to people because it became trendy a little while back. But there's also Tibetan Tantra and Shiva and Shakti Tantra. Those are less accessible, but they're just as good. Would you would you expand on moving energy around? Yeah, I mean, people use energy for healing in Reiki, for example. Um, And in Tantra, for example, energy is used to change states of consciousness. And it also really gives method to this attentiveness practice that we've given you in a few basic forms where, you know, Kevin was just talking about that, basically that quiet, right? Making that space within. And I was talking about with the little breath work piece, the simple one, right? That we're just basically practicing on focusing our attention in different ways to create different effects. And I don't know, I don't know what you're seeking from this conscious contact. So I don't know what to say about moving energy around. There's an old gypsy proverb that bears repeating. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am wise. Those are usually the three things that people are looking for when they want to move energy around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, teaching or giving giving of ourselves, I mean, that's wise. You don't have to be arrogant about it. But usually when people improve this conscious contact, it's for those three reasons. 
even if it's even if your heart is in the right place. Well, I mean, does that is the old saying in the rooms is, uh, or in in the big book it speaks of it, where it's like a miner whose belt was drawn tight, or a prospector um, whose belt was drawn tight, and he he finally struck a uh, a limitless load, but the only way he could the only way that he could keep it was to give it all away. And I mean, that's that's kind of the the picture that I get in my mind is it's almost selfish if I want to share any sort of solution with somebody. It could be considered selfish because the the only way you get to keep it is to give every bit of it away. But but it's literally limitless how much there is there. So it's not like you're giving away a a finite amount of knowledge or wisdom or um, you know secrets whatever you want to call it there's there's always more where that came from and i think that that's what makes the jesus prayer and the thy will be done bit so powerful is because once we scratch the surface of any of this stuff we have to beg for mercy many times each day and remind ourselves that it isn't our will it's his being done. Mm-hmm. Kim touched on a word that was really very important, and it was like ma- curiosity, the, maintaining that that sense of curiosity. And you know, that's that's something that really it's really really important to 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 have that. And that's that's a big part of being able to stay with stuff. Is like we we have to like almost encourage curiosity within ourselves about just even seeing things like um i don't even see a lot of stuff in in the real world i have pictures of things in my mind and i don't actually see those real things like i'll walk by a tree and i won't see that tree i'll see a picture of a tree in my mind and walk right by it you know and i oh i know what a tree is i don't have to even look at it but there's so much different um textures and different amazing things within four inches of a tree bark you know but i miss all that type of stuff because i'm not actually in this world most of the time i'm in my head or thinking about what i'm going to have for lunch or irritated and that person needs slapping over there and that type of stuff that's the way i live my life in a tiny little brain you know so did you say that person needs slapping over there? Yep, yeah, he did. Matter of fact, there's a whole line of people over there. Well, that'd be a good kick in the ass. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kim, you yeah. missed it. I was told last week or the week before I was going to end up in hell smoking a turd. So. Oh wow. <laughs> that's a, well, yeah, that's, you that's made better it than bad. end up in hell. That's better than ending up in hell as a smoking turd. That's that is true. Different. At that least you still true. have some agency there, you know. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, it's interesting because I, I started doing martial arts in my early twenties, and um, and I've been doing yoga since I was a little kid, and so, so much of my practices have changed, you know. <laughs> and um, and one of the things that I've noticed is that you know it doesn't like. I don't know. Like, I don't know if chi is a real thing. I mean, like, it's, you know, people have been practicing chi, kung, and 
and kundalini i do kundalini too and um and uh you know we've been practicing them with the chakras they've been doing that for like thousands of years but like i don't i wouldn't know how to you know like is it real i don't know it doesn't it, the thing is like with with this idea of curiosity and just putting one foot in front of the other and doing like i experience a change in my system when i do this stuff and even if it's just i'm taking a deep breath and um you know I, i've been with a lot of people when they're dying and um, all, all you can do is sit there and breathe together and um, watch them struggle <laughs> their breathing and just send as much love to that person as possible and um like this like that that's been the greatest gift to me ever is um, to be able to be present in those moments with breathing and um, realizing that the breath even like the something as simple as breathing it's not just me you know like i'm one of every human being that has to breathe right <laughs> I'm like there's nothing unique and special about me and breath and um yet you know the more i'm able to like do that and uh like obviously we can't be conscious of our breathing all the time you know like you won't be doing anything else but the more i'm able to practice that sort of like connection with my breath then the easier it is for me to connect with other people in their breath and even when their breath is gone you know so because i don't know what that means what i just said about their breath is gone but like that there's something there for that maybe another topic another time but yeah the breath thing that's a big thing i think that's probably one of the the most powerful um energies in the universe if you're in a state of of absolute love towards somebody or or you know an animal or whatever you know um some people have to start with animals cuz people are harder you know but if you're in a state of actual love for that i believe that feeling can be felt and they can and it changes the person that's being loved or whatever i truly believe that's an energy that moves out into the world and actually helps people but that's something that has to be real and that's the hard part i mean learning how to actually love without adding my judgments in and my you know i like you cuz you give me something or whatever you know to actually truly love something that sends an energy out so i would like to point a few things out because it really gave me some insight right that right after kim talked about that she's not sure about if this is real she talked about staying in her breath and sending love and kevin said the same thing and i would say that the whole idea to all this stuff isn't that magic is some fantastic thing and you're going to throw lightning bolts it's that every breath and life itself is sacred and that this whole thing deserves your attention that's cool it's very cool way of think of phrasing it and so i had this one friend ray and he had this guy who would always ask him you know yeah how do you do this stuff da 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 and he was like dude it's not magic like you don't just say the mantra and a pile of money appears the mantra is so you have the discipline to go out and work for it you have to actually do this shit <laughs> <laughs> i much prefer to lay in a bed of roses and have it all come to me <laughs> but i think too that if I'm in the right spiritual state. I could be doing burning shit barrels in the middle of a war and be perfectly at peace doing what I'm doing. Yeah. 
um, and and if I'm in the wrong spiritual state, I could be laying in a bed of roses and having people feed me grapes, and I would be in complete hell. And and I think that's kind of what the point of it all is. Is it all depends on you know where I'm at spiritually is is the difference. And and some some days I can be both places inside of an hour of each other. See, Don, you're going to be fine when you're smoking a turd in hell. I, I am. I'll, I'll be perfectly happy. No, I just, you know, for me, I, I've simplified it as much as I can. And it is about just being in the moment. I seek mindfulness, try to be here. And it's amazing the things that I have seen just over the last week. I've driven down the same road a thousand times. And it seems like every time that I try to really seek that mindfulness and be in the, in the moment, um, I will notice a different tree. I will notice something different. A hawk flew right in front of my windshield today, and it was like I was that hawk. You know, it was it was just perfect right there in the moment, and I was alive. You know, and that's, that's just what I seek today. And it, it comes from a lot of different practices, but most of it is the breath work and just really trying to be in the moment. Those moments are the best when, when you have those experiences. I drive up to Fairhaven. My whole life I've been driving up to Fairhaven, to, to my camp up in Fairhaven. It's a it's a 45-minute drive. Been driving up there my entire life, you know, every weekend. And, and I go up there and I still always see stuff that I've never seen before. I'm usually nodding off at that certain point in that in the trip, you know, and, and um, you know, I just don't I don't watch everything all the time. And and Lee used to say, the problem with a spiritual awakening is we immediately fall back to sleep. That's part of it is like um I try to get so that I can do this on a more consistent basis. I can be aware that I'm in my body. And when you're in your body, it is absolutely amazing. And sometimes actually completely frightening too at the same time, you know, because like uh, if if you really understand what's going on, you know, there's there's a lot going on, but it's frightening at the same time, you know. But uh, I I don't know I I don't th- I want to be more conscious, and and when you reach a different level of consciousness, you're not arguing about the little things that don't really mean a whole it up it doesn't mean up a whole lot you know I used to have a guy who used to say 100 years from now nobody's going to remember any of this anyways you know and that's that's really true you know the hell I want to die on and I, I have to constantly ask myself questions like that bring it back to what reality really is because most of my life is in fantasy land that just reminds me that the um how important it is uh how we how we work with other people with this you know like i sponsor a lot of people and um you know especially like the kind of connecting to your breathing and connecting to our body you know that can bring up so much discomfort but it can also bring up a lot of trauma and it can bring up a lot of stuff that we don't understand and um and so you know someone told me once it's just it's just like you know like when you 
touch water in a pond in a still pond you know that it ripples out even just the slightest touch so we just want to do like like the slightest touch of it just a teeny bit and then um and go and maybe it's a teeny bit of a wake up and then you go back to sleep and then you wake up again and you go back to sleep maybe it's like awakenings that, that happen like that and maybe soon before you know it you wake up and you're able to just be more present and um, maybe something will shift slowly but um yeah. Yeah, I love there's, that. There's no doubt that it's a long game uh, approach as far as the spiritual, you know, improving conscious contact. And I think improving is the most important part of that because my own experience is that, you know, when I got sober, I I used to I used to get high and, and uh, I would. I would, you know, communicate with God, but I, I never gave credit. I gave credit to the wrong uh, idea because I was thinking it was because I was high. And I was so relieved when when I got sober and I started having these spiritual experiences and I realized that, that it was God all the time, that it wasn't the fact that I had just smoked a big fatty that was, you know, it was the magic it was it was the fact that god was in my life but it, it does i think that over the years that i've been sober it's just incredible how that continues to evolve and it can always it can always get better and that's why i brought it up tonight was the idea that you know and and i appreciate everything that's been said because it it can there's so many different possibilities and so many different practices and ways that it can improve and, and from the most simple to the to the more advanced you know the practices but it but it's all there and it's just a matter of, of uh, what I choose to seek out on a daily basis but, but any anything is any improvement is awesome it really is one of the lines in the Bible that is just a little short, little blurb says, seek God and you will find him. And it's just that simple. And what what you need will come to you. God could and would if he were sought. Yeah. And he will if he's sought. <laughs> and he has. Or and she. Has. Or she. Or she or will. She. <laughs> or she will. She could She's do that. Cool too. <laughs> yeah, she could do I, that. I really appreciate having a female perspective in this group. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> I do. It's good energy. You know, I just opened up, I have this book, uh, Taming the Tiger Within Meditations on Transforming Difficult Emotions. Tick, it's a Tick Nat Han, you know, it's like quotes from Tick Nat Han. And there was this one that just reminded me of what some, we've been talking about a little bit. And it says, when you touch the seed of understanding, mindfulness, and loving kindness in you, you make these qualities grow stronger for both your own happiness and the happiness of other people and all living beings around you. I just, I just open that up, and that's what I opened it to. Oh, that's perfect. When Kevin was talking about that seek and you will find, it reminded me of this one other thing that I was going to share. Um, that I was that I've been told myself recently and when whatever practice you're doing is no longer seeking and it becomes automatic then it's a waste and I don't know if you know about muscle confusion it's a training concept 
where you shouldn't do the same exercise twice and you know you shouldn't do you're not going to do the same push-ups two days in a row it's not going to do anything it's not ever going to grow your chest you just do push-ups every day you got to do something different each day and that way you grow more muscle by keeping them confused and spiritual practice is exactly the same way so whatever you do today be doing something different tomorrow be doing something different the next day and have enough on your plate so that you don't become used to it because the whole idea is for it to take your attention to accomplish so if it's no longer doing that and it's automatic then it's not it's the same way where you can't go to a you can't yesterday's meeting is not going to keep you sober at the same time you know it won't yeah you have to go to do today's meeting it's a really good metaphor uh pedro really yeah. like that it's really helpful. The only piece of wisdom I can come up with is don't take any wooden nickels. <laughs> That's it. That's I'm good. Out. Wow. Yeah. Drop the mic. <laughs> nice. I won't. Just because cause I was thinking about it earlier. <laughs> Kevin said, don't do it, Kimberly. Don't do it. That's originally from Bugs Bunny. <laughs> he was wise in many ways. A lot of wisdom there. Awesome. That one guy had a gun and he could never catch him. That's right. Got his name. Yosemite Homer. Sam. Yosemite Sam. That's right. Elmer yep. Fudd used to pack a gun too. I got all my parenting skills from Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> What's wrong with you, boy? You're about as sharp as a bowling ball, boy. <laughs> <laughs> That might be a good book to write, you know. The Tao of Parenting and have your student or like or All right. I think that's it. You guys think that's it? Well Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's been an interesting interesting time listening tonight and uh I've I've gotten a lot out of it. I I definitely know that um even though I started, was told to start with the 11th step, that it's the one thing that uh, that I can never do enough of. And it's I certainly appreciate the feedback from from all of you folks tonight on on these practices, and and I think that um, it probably will. It's been a, a theme in some of the other conversations we've had, and I'm sure it will continue to be. Um, but it certainly was uh, an enjoyable evening. And if we're all set, I think I'll take us out with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Amen.